the Just Go Bike podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt, from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from RAGBRAIN. This is the podcast where we talk about bicycles just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from bicycling across the nation, and we're going to be joined by guests each week to talk about the social side of cycling. So come for the bike, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Hey, how's yeah. it going out there? It's going pretty good. Beautiful happy, day. <laughs> happy bike to work week. Yes, it is. And uh, did you bike to work today, Mark? I did. I have biked to work all week. Okay, um, good. I, uh, I've had a couple little driving things that I've had to do in the morning and, and I can go get, uh, cause we got a ride coming up. So I got to transport yeah. like boxes and boxes of stuff, but, uh, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I usually find a moment, uh, sometime mid morning, slip home, grab my bike, get back to work or otherwise the first two days I've been on the bike, which is great too. Yeah. I'm um, going for a nice little ride tonight when I, when I get off work, but I've got to, I've got to bring home all these kind of boxes. Cause you know, basically in my hometown, we've got this massive event coming up this weekend called pigtails and <laughs> by far the largest female specific event of 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 i guess iowa history i'm gonna say is yeah. that pretty accurate a biking event i'm biking sure there's event. larger women's events but yes uh, yeah. oh, yep yep yeah, sorry biking about that. event biking yeah. event so it's it's gonna be fun i mean i don't care you know if rain shine um you know it doesn't matter sleet snow it doesn't matter people are gonna come here have a great time. Just some of the fun that's that's lined up. I mean, before, during, and after the ride is going to be spectacular. So I, I know there's, well, what, as of today, like 813 women that are excited. Well, maybe yes. there's maybe some, somewhere around there. I don't know if a few more signed up this week, but they're certainly excited. I know our wives are both riding, mm-hmm. which will be fun for them while we mm-hmm. work and slave over every <laughs> detail. But that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and this this is pretty cool too because Kathy Murphy, aka Murph, has uh, really been the driving force organizing this event, and she's done a great yep. job. Um, certainly can't uh, can't echo how much work that she's done to, you know, from permits in a couple counties and getting kaibos ordered and all that other stuff. She's really taking this on and and making this a great event. Sure and designed a pretty cool jersey i gotta say they did a great job yeah. don't you think yeah yeah and ap has been involved from from the paratox team uh andrea parrot so just yeah. give a shout out to andrea and all the hard work and like i said the guys are going to do the uh sagging and uh packet pickup and different things like that as the women mm-hmm. direct us uh, along the way since they had you know they got the game plan in place and you know just hoping for great weather that day and you can, can't be much worse than last year so uh, yeah. no matter what we're gonna have a good time though looking yeah. forward to it yeah i think it's gonna be fun so what um, else going on what else? So, so once again, this is Bike to Work Week. A lot of events going on all over the state, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, Wednesday, and I know I'll date this this way, but today's Ride of Silence. Yes. Um, this is a national movement uh, that uh, honors those that have been hit or killed by motorists. Um, and uh, I think it's, I mean, it's a really powerful event uh, all across the country and in Des Moines. And Scott Sumter does a great job of, of uh, talking about who's been hit and injured, you know, and unfortunately this week we had our first bike fatality, which is, yeah. is stings a lot. Um, 
lot of lot of information on that uh, that or a little bit of information that came out bicyclists uh, crossing an eight lane road um, and it said the driver had the green light but who knows eight lanes that lights can change on your way through so uh, I'm anxiously awaiting the the traffic investigation report on that one sure uh, but it's another example of things of how can we prevent that and Lo and behold, the city of Cedar Rapids just uh, just let out a bid to improve that intersection just before the crash happens. So oh. there's going to be improvements there. That's the good news. It just came too late. So, sure, sure. Yeah, we need to do more. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. Sad, sad news there. Well, otherwise, um, I think... Uh, I think you got the vendor issue kind of squared away over in the western <laughs> part of the state. It's been an interesting week, I'd have to say. Um, a little bit more than a week. Yeah. Um, I guess it's been, oh, I don't know. We've been working on this, these issues, I mean, really since January. And <laughs> as the committees start working on things to the county supervisors, I mean, there's some things that we, we asked the local ordinances and the county ordinances to, to take place. And, you know, some of those things are making sure that it's safe and enjoyable across, across their county. Yeah. But sometimes there needs to be some restrictions put in place about where they can serve food and, you know, just making sure who's serving food because the food inspector needs to go out there and inspect them and boy, making boy, sure could that you, could you imagine food poisoning on the ride? You know how bad that would be. Um, we don't, yeah, we don't, enough. we don't want that. We don't, we don't have enough kibos. No, no. Yeah. No. So, so, you know, just little things like, you know, talking to, talking to the counties and saying, Hey, you know, let's look at this, this piece of legislation. Typically there's three readings where the first one will be tossed out there. Uh, I know, for example, in Crawford County, the Denison Rag Ride Committee came back and and we worked hand in hand. We're with them every other week, you know, sitting down and, you know, planning out rag ride. So the b- biggest recommendation that the Denison Rag Ride Committee said, we want vendors on the right hand side of the road. We don't want mm-hmm. them crossing traffic on a highway like 141. We don't want them on the state or county right of way, which, you know, you can't do anyway. So mm-hmm. those are pretty much the recommendations of the local committee. And, you know, the first time the, uh, you know, any kind of proposed legislation came out, obviously it uh, didn't have the exact language that would typically be, after two or three readings, get crafted into some real good legislation. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, when people all of a sudden put something out on social media, you know, all gloves are off. And... The, the saddest part, you know, looking back at this situation, I'm not going to rehash everything. I think I put my thoughts in writing on, on our Facebook page and, and in our blog. And, mm-hmm. you know, go take a look at that if you want, you know, my perspective. We're always going to back the counties. We're always going to back the towns because without the, the cities and towns on Ragbri, Ragbri doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, there's plenty for everyone to go around. You know, if there's vendors out there, I mean, some of my good friends are those some of those vendors that are out there. Tender Tom's for years, Mr. Porkchop, all those. There's there's absolutely nothing that we want to see go away from that. We just mm-hmm. got to say you got to play by the rules. But the thing that really sticks in my craw, the messaging that went out from some angry people that were, you know, it, it basically said, hey, these people are going to take away your beer unless you unless you let them hear from you. 
Mm-hmm. And the poster child they made for, hey, this guy's taking away your beer was Eric Skoog. And Eric is a county commissioner in the Crawford County. And basically, Eric was the one that was saying, no, we, we want these vendors in there. We just got to make sure we find a way to do this. So he was really sure. the dissenting type person. Um, but they left out that little bit of information and the vile emails that were directed yeah. and phone calls towards Eric. I'm ashamed. I mean, they, they owe yeah. that, that good man an apology. I mean, we meet at his restaurant every other week. He sits in on these committees. He's donated time and money to, to you know, just great events in, in that town. He's probably one of the one of the best community people you're ever going to meet. Uh, he's ridden Ragbright 10 times, I believe, is, is what he said in the past. He said when he was a, a little bit younger and probably a little thinner, he did, did Ragbright. Sure. There's a guy that absolutely loves Iowa, loves his community, okay. loves Ragbright coming here. And what happened is someone put the crosshairs on him as the poster child of saying, hey, light this guy up pretty much because he's the one that's stopping us from, from selling selling beer. And right. that's that's just flat out wrong. And uh, Eric, if you're listening to this, uh, I appreciate everything you do. And I, I feel bad that you had to take the brunt of that uh, in your community because you're you're a good man. And, and each and every week I enjoy seeing you or every other week um, and keep up the good work. Um, you know, we're proud of the work that the Denison Ragbride Committee is doing to host host Ragbride this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've been we've been targets of that email bomb too. I remember when we first started Bake Coon Ride and and uh it's tough when suddenly in a in a short couple hours you've got fifty people emailing you and and uh and uh trying to influence you and, and so it it uh it uh, definitely is one of those tactics that you gotta use wisely and, and uh, uh yeah. So where we're at is a happy ending, aren't we? We got vendors on the road. We got safety. Um, yeah, we probably would have got there anyway. But yeah. um, you know, I mean, there's there's ways to go about things. You know, civil conversation is always good. And yeah. when we we have issues like this, I mean, we're not. I mean, we're. It would be awful to have no vendors out there. Now, there's going to be places where absolutely there's no place to have vendors. Sure. I mean, Monona County's one right now. There are very, very, very few places that you can safely set up because they basically have about a one-foot shoulder mm-hmm. and about a six-foot drop mm-hmm. and beautiful roads to ride on and beautiful countryside and all that. But you know what? We don't design these routes for, hey, how many for-profit vendors can be set up along the way? You know, we right. got towns that are spaced out. You know, ride into into Turin or riding into Soldier, ride the gravel loop. You know, every seven or eight miles, you're gonna have a town. And sure. you know, if you need more nourishment between seven and eight miles, you know, stock up in that in that town, because truthfully, there there might be one or two locations in between six seven miles that you could possibly even have one vendor. And just the farmsteads in that area are so far off the road or, you know, again, I mean, they're, you can't just set up on the, on the right of way because there's just no room. And right. so um, when we design the route, we look for great biking roads and, and neat communities that we can visit. But we're certainly not looking at, hey, to make sure we can have a, a, a vendor from North Carolina come in here and, um, you know, serve serve pork chops or something like that. So. You know, eventually we're going to get there. We're still two months away 
from Ragbri. Yeah. So um, we've been doing this for, I'm going to guess, about 46 years. We kind of have the lay of the land of how things operate. And there's going to be plenty of food and drink for, for everyone. We're not trying to knock off the little girl selling lemonade. She's still going to be out there selling lemonade, and we love it. And But we also want you to back the churches and the fire departments and the the t-ball teams and and their parents and their grandparents that are selling selling items along the way for your for your enjoyment and without those people ragbread doesn't exist so we can cross off the first controversy first and only controversy of the season right (laughs) this this is yeah there's one one every year yeah there's there's (laughs) all well i'm sure there'll be something else that'll pop up and yeah you know just uh thank thankfully my wife had some pretty good humor we were out of town and mother's day and i'm like all right after i get like the 40th you know text on something i'm like all right i need to wade into this conversation and i'm like Excuse me, I need to take a couple hours off of Mother's Day and read through this stuff and see what's going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, thank you for understanding. My wife's great about stuff like this. But uh, she got a chuckle just say, yep, you know, they're 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 calling me into to duty today. And um, but, you know, that's my job, you know, for, yeah. for people to think we do one week a year. <laughs> they got another thing coming so um it's it's a fun job i mean i love the people we work with but you know days days like reading those emails i i question you know do i do i want to be involved in an event that's got people with that type of gratitude level and if that's the the direction that the the bulk of the riders take you know, I, I don't think this event will continue at the same level it has been in the past. And, uh, you know, I certainly I've said it in that note I, that I won't be at the helm if, if that's the direction the riders will take. And right. I heard overwhelmingly we want to support the locals, local, local, yeah. local. And, you know, from from Ute, Iowa or Soldier, Iowa or, or Moorhead, Iowa. You know, yes, we we want to help you out when we come into your your towns that you're rolling out the red carpet for us. So thanks to those small towns, you know, the ones that Carrison Call and Offenberger and all those others that that in the past have been uh, graciously accepted into their communities and Ragbri has been accepted into their communities. That's what Ragbri is all about. So let's be hospitable. Let's be good guests when we come in there, and let's have a great time this summer. Sounds. Sounds easy. Sounds like we just need yeah. to bring the happy people out. So yeah, let's say kumbaya and let's all get together. And <laughs> you know what? I you know what? I'm serious. I'll I'll invite um, Steve from the Iowa Craft Beer Tent to come in, sit down right across the mic from me, and we can we can talk these things out. It's good to do things in person. Yeah. You know, they could have gone and 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 I don't live very far from Steve. I think he can probably come over and and chat with me or or sure. or Jake from back pocket or any of the other people that um, my door is always open. You know, I think we're going to do things that are for the good of this ride and nothing yeah. I I want to see come between. So, so Steve, if you're listening, you know, extend extended invitation to come in uh, and chat, and we'll talk about the great things that you are doing because I do believe they do some really good things. I mean, they're good people. Um, you know, and I, I don't think it's an adversarial situation or anything like that, but, you know, tempers get heated and, um, sometimes it's not the best practice. And like I said, the part with Eric, you know, with the flames going out to Eric was just really not cool in my book. So, 
Um, hopefully they understand that that's probably not the best way to get things done. Look how quickly it turned around in Crawford County. Uh, I know Dan Schaefer, one of the heads of the Denison Ragbride Committee, who's, you know, former state trooper who was out there, Big Dan, and you, you know him. If you've been in one of those beer stands late in the afternoon, he came and rustled you out of there. He understands Ragbride. And he spoke on behalf of us as as Ragbri and Denison Ragbri Committee, and the commissioners went from from one to four vote to five zero vote, unanimous vote to to allow vending in those areas. So when we when we work together as a team, we can pretty much get anything done. Well, just about anything. Some things are impossible, but you know what? You're always going to get more flies with honey than just blasting away on social media. So so. Again, the invitation's out there. Come on in, and we'll, we'll chat, and we'll talk about the good things that you guys are doing as well. Cool. All right, back to the show. Yeah. What do we got? What do we got on today? I have no idea, Mark. I've been, you know, <laughs> I've been up to my eyeballs and all this other stuff. I haven't been trying to plan Ragbride in the last couple of days because I've been, yeah, doing doing interviews and all kinds of different things, and people want an opinion on this and that. So you know, I guess I should probably get back to planning Ragbri, and we're going to go help support Pigtails. And yeah. who knows? I'm sure Murph has got a great interview. So let's get to the show. Sounds good. Well, hello, Just Go Bike Podcast listeners, a.k.a. Murph here, and today I'm with Ken Barker of Backyard Trails, LLC. Hey, Ken, and welcome. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, we're on location today, so if you hear some background noise, don't worry about it. We're out enjoying Bike to Work Week in the fresh air. Nubo Market. Nubo Market. We survived uh, the rains this morning. So anyway, Backyard Trails is a planning, consulting, design, and project management company with a goal to weave natural surface trails into communities of all sizes. How cool is that? So Ken has 20 plus years of experience, and I'm excited to hear more about what he does. So let's get started. So natural surface trails, what exactly does that mean? Uh, it's, let's define that a little bit. Yeah. It's uh, clear as mud. Not really. It's it's pretty clear, <laughs> but uh, natural surface is the the texture of the trail uh, here in Iowa would be mostly soil or dirt, mm-hmm. and they're uh, implied that they're narrow as well. They don't have to be narrow, but it's more of a natural experience. So the surface could be dirt, rock, gravel, um, not asphalt or pavement typically. Okay, got sometimes it. wood as well. So an example of a natural service trail would be like a single track when you're mountain biking. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And then I would assume also like walking trails that yes. are not cement or not asphalt. They can be multiple use. Uh, hikers, trail runners, dog walkers, bird watching people. Bird watcher, peeper, yeah. people. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about the history of Backyard Trails LLC and how it came to be. Well, that's interesting. Um, I've been playing in the dirt on bicycles and with shovels my whole life, as have many people, I presume. And uh, it's something I've always been very highly motivated to do and have done as a volunteer for many years. Um, It's an experience that I've discovered at a young age and then sought to advocate for as an avocation as I grew older. So uh, were you one of those kids 
who uh, just like any other kid that was like made your own BMX trails when you were a kid. Exactly. Exactly. Got it. So neighborhood kids playing around, digging the dirt. Uh, My friends would it got more advanced and started riding motorcycles and things like that in the dirt. But I was just stuck with my uh, Murray 10 speed and I'd still ride in the dirt with those guys and their motorcycles. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and then as, you know, emerging as a, you know, into college, I went to U and I and there's, a, um, they weren't really authorized trails back then, but we, uh, a handful of people, uh, created trails that are now official trails in George with and Hartman reserve. And, uh, we'd race bicycles on those trails build those trails ride those trails um and so it was kind of and it was happening everywhere during those those years during the 90s mountain biking was exploding and a, sh- a shout out to uh, the folks in cedar falls waterloo oh, yeah. i'm also a uni grad okay. and i'm telling you the trail system now is amazing there they've got i don't know if it's hundreds of miles but it's many it, great job at george with park and that whole area yeah the the cycling infrastructure of cedar falls is phenomenal um you can ride to your ride as opposed to a lot of times mountain bikers have to uh throw their bike on the roof of their car and it's you know to get or their vehicle to get to a trail system especially in the midwest and uh it's really awesome in cedar falls you can ride to your ride sure so how did you go from the guy making the bmx trails when you're a kid to now a legitimate business backyard trails oh okay yeah, the original question you asked. <laughs> so, you know, doing a long time ago, no trails were authorized and then started, you know, this is a, a big thing and a cool experience and something that's really good for, you know, in a lot of different ways. So started advocating for it and then real, getting involved with politics and, uh, you know, conservation boards and land management agencies and to in order to bring this experience that was foreign to them, to the public and, uh, so that's how that started, and I've been—that's what I've been doing for a good twenty-plus years, and then getting permission, and then building trails for free, and maintaining them for free, and then traveling all over North America and seeing different models, like what other people do. Exactly, I've been in like the Yukon, Canada was one of the really eye-openers. The Canadian government funded. Um, oh, there's a place called Carcross that has a couple hundred miles of trails. And I thought that the population there would be at least somewhat significant or people would visit there often, but that wasn't the case. It's a very, very small population and not that highly visited of a place, And so, but it's a mountain bike destination. Ah. And it was, uh, well, how do they do this? Because I wouldn't be able to do this on my own. And it's the, uh, they were funded by the Canadian government, um, funding trail crews and uh, First Nation youth work crews and things like that to build these really awesome mountain bike facilities. And, uh, and then traveling uh, over different places all over North America, seeking to bring elements of these experiences. Can't bring mountains to Iowa, but we can bring elements of these really cool trail experiences to Iowa. And why wouldn't I? And, right. And then I started doing that as a volunteer. And then last year in Iowa, um, there were four professional uh, trail uh, projects similar to what I've been doing, you know, as a volunteer over the years. And I thought, well, why not start my own business? And, uh, you know, build trails. I'm and it's going working. to do it anyway. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, if you're doing it anyway, yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier you can't bring mountains to Iowa. And we're in Cedar Rapids right now. And on a side note, it's starting to get really dark and the temperature's Dropping, getting yeah. colder. So we may be in a rainstorm. We'll see anyway, what happens. We can do it. Uh, anyway, we have what is called Mount Trashmore here in Cedar Rapids, which used to be a dump. I think they still take in some things. But... Um, 
I've noticed, I live down in the Nubo area, and I've noticed they're putting this beautiful uh, area for people to come and sightsee up at the top of this Mount Trashmore. But they're doing something else, and I kind of feel like it's a mountain bike trail. Do you know anything about that? I do know quite a bit about it, actually. So Mount Trashmore, as you were saying, is a decommissioned landfill, and it is the highest point in Lynn County at just under shy of 1,000 foot. It'd be kind of cool if it was over 1,000, but it's not. uh, But it's affectionately known as Mount Trashmore, as are many landfills across the country it since it's decommissioned and it will always be federally regulated um they're working to uh transition it to a recreation facility excellent um right here in the center of town um i'd come across their trail plans for putting quote-unquote mountain bike trails on there but when we looked at the plans as our advocacy organization here in town we set up meetings with the the managers of that facility to discuss you know what mountain biking really uh, looks like or what these kind of trails really can be and we were able to uh, demonstrate to them that they can build a better trail experience that's actually less expensive oh, and, nice. and more desirable um, so that's what they're doing so they're contracting and they pulled in a firm from Colorado very very highly qualified firm that works on uh, ski resorts in Colorado building really really cool trails and like I said before bringing elements of the mountains here to Cedar Rapids we're yeah that's that's happening <laughs> a right mountain now. of trash but you know it doesn't when you're up there it you know it doesn't look like a Not mountain of trash no, no it's, there's, it's there's actually covered. green and it's pretty cool so so give us some examples of other projects that you've worked on in the state of iowa well i just started my official business in october so um, Backyard Trails LLC itself has only had a few projects, mm-hmm. and some um, some of them have not even been in the state. However, uh, as a volunteer over the years, as Ken Barker, um, I've been involved with lots of projects, like I mentioned before, the development of single track in Waterloo Cedar Falls, and then also in uh, some with Cerro Gordo Conservation up in Mason City when I lived there. And then um, here in Cedar Rapids, via Lamba, our local nonprofit yeah. organization, um, Beverly Park, the Sack and Fox single track, and then um, in 2012 we started the conceptual idea of bringing paid, tra- you know, paying for trails, mm-hmm. uh, building professional level trails that are a little bit higher quality of experience, depending on what you're looking for here to the town, and uh, that just uh, came to fruition last year. Now it's a project. Um, Try to think what else. Some, a lot of planning, advocacy. Um, we have plans for a bike park here in Cedar Rapids. Uh, going to look at my notes here and see what else I wrote down. Well, also, uh, I did a podcast quite a while back with uh, Matt Fippen in oh, Vinton. Correct. Yes. Um, did you have anything to do with that project? No. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I, uh, via Lamba at that time, uh, the city uh, parks and rec department, some fellows up there reached out to us. And so I made several trips up to Vinton and helped uh, do a lot of education and uh and then detailed conceptual and detailed design of their little trail system, a little hometown trail system. Um, and then they built it themselves. So, for example, and that was also via the in, uh, International Mountain Bike Association trail care crew. Uh, I did that for a summer. Oh, okay. But that was all over the Midwest. Yeah. I, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. And so we visited there through IMBA and instructed their volunteers uh, how to build mountain bike trails okay and so designed them gave them education and then they did it themselves and it's a pretty cool little hometown system yeah i haven't been there yet but uh matt fippen i call him fip gotcha shout out to fip he uh raves about it so it's definitely something i need to get get to so when you look at natural service trails natural service surface trails 
you're looking at it for fun, you know, people to go mountain biking or hiking, but obviously there's health benefits to it. There's the getting the community together and then also like just accessibility. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, there, there are so many benefits to single track and natural surface trails. One, I think kind of one of the, one of the emerging things right now is a sense of immersion. You know, you don't really break the canopy. If you're going through a woods, wooded space, you don't cut down trees, you go around trees. Um, unless you're doing conservation efforts that require you to remove vegetation. And then that's one reason that people like to they escape, you know, mm-hmm. and they're, it's a different, it's almost hypnotic. It can be. Um, some people do it for challenge, variety, fun, exercise, to be able to play on their bicycle. There's a lot of different reasons, but it's a, it's a conduit. Like our friends in Des Moines with the Central Iowa Trails Association, CETA, they've always had a mantra of cheap, dirty fun. Oh. <laughs> it, so as far as in terms of public facility development, these thing, these sorts of trails are relatively cheap. They're dirty and they're a lot of fun. Oh, sure. So. And it's so nice to, you know, be within a couple of miles of your home, but really not be. And that's where the, not that I, the, my company doesn't just build trails in backyards. We can do destination development, bike parks, water trails, but our specialty is uh, mountain or, or single track with a focus of the use on mountain bikers, but it can be more than just mountain bikers. But uh, the premise behind backyard trails, and this is kind of an emerging thing, a lot of trail companies, they seek the bigger projects, the high funded ones. Um, for example, I did a presentation with Inba Trail Solutions a few years ago out in uh, Boulder, Colorado, and just trying to help that company in particular um, target their audience a little bit more specifically. And my pitch to them was that they're that the most important trails are actually the small ones, the little guys, and the people, the one, the people, the ones, the hometown trails, the ones that people ride the most often mm-hmm. or use the most often. And sometimes those are an afterthought, like volunteers may get permission to do that, but they have a DIY mentality. They don't have this sort of experience that I do or my company does. And so they'll build these cool little trails, but they'll make all the mistakes that I made 20 years ago. Sure. And then so the quality of the experience doesn't really entice, you know, families, children, um, uh, you know, whoever the users might be. And uh, my company can come in. And so instead of those trails being an afterthought, those trails are intentional and well-designed and professionally uh, designed and possibly constructed as well. So. And by well-designed, um, you know, you can do, do it yourself, make your own little trail, but then the first time it rains, it may be a mess, and doing it professionally means that you're figuring out all of those things so that it lasts. Yeah, many of those factors, such as sustainability making sure that you're not damaging the resource, which is that land and property. And that is a that is a common knock against mountain bikers in the past as they would just go and blaze trails or that was the perception and they're drinking their Mountain Dew and jumping off cliffs and injuring <laughs> themselves and damaging the property. Where, in fact, most uh, majority of mountain bikers are conservationists at heart and they love those natural spaces in which mm-hmm. they recreate. Definitely. Well, what kind of future do you see for natural surface trails? Um, just complete takeover of the entire world with natural surface trails. Over <laughs> the world. <laughs> That's a, when we would get together at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition summits in Des Moines over the years, we had developed a dirt strand. Um, and that's where these all the dirty mountain bikers from across the state would get together for this cycling advocacy event. And, and that's what we would always laugh about over beers <laughs> is we're, we're, it's time to take over. But really, we would ask the question of, you know, how can we benefit? Um, what can we 
get from one another that we can't do solo in our own community and that's st- that's where this kind of comes into play statewide advocacy so that those land managers or communities or people that are thinking a little something differently for their property that might be outside of the norm quote unquote norm and we'll get people there and be a, a facility or amenity for their community or their property that people can recreate on get exercise enjoy nature have fun and so yeah natural surface trails um everywhere the so, wave of the future a little bit yeah i would say there is i think a, a, a national organization that w- I would be aligned with is the national parks and rec association uh-huh. where they uh um they have something to the effect of they want to park within wa- 10 minutes walkable distance of every home in the country oh nice and i that's exactly what i want with or what we desire to have with these sorts of trails so that people can experience these things and then they still might get into it at whatever level they might be like a a professional or a you know a recreational cyclist or a racer or amateur or any of that kind of thing um or just just having fun and they can travel and enjoy trails elsewhere but the most important one is the one in their backyard yeah definitely so if i'm let uh, I'll give myself. I'll be several people. So I could let's say I'm the mayor of my town, or let's say I'm a community director, or let's say I'm a guy that has forty acres of land. All of those people are people that could go to you and say, "Here's my vision," and then you can help make it a reality. That is correct, and the the main target customer is really the public because pri- although I've been doing private property projects, it's just for the people that live there and mm-hmm. their friends and family and visitors to those properties. However, the real bang for the buck and what I, my philosophy or the company's philosophy of important is public access and um, kind of lost my thought there. I'm trying. And I would invite the mayors, the parks and rec directors and those sorts of folks to think of these sort of trails that have traditionally been built by volunteers and the quality is, you know, variable. So consider these trails as public facilities, just like you would other trails or swimming pools or ball fields and invest in them appropriately, invest in their design and maintenance and care and construction and maintenance. Mm-hmm. And so that the public can enjoy this, uh, not new form of recreation, but relatively new to the table form of recreation. Sure, sure. Well, if someone wants to contact you, how can they find you? Um, if you Google, don't Google my name, Ken Barker, because your computer will explode like us. <laughs> no, just kidding. You can Google uh, Ken Barker if you're anywhere in the Midwest. It'll usually show a, a dirty mountain biker and a handful of other weird people. But um, but if you type in Backyard Trails LLC, um, the LLC is important. Or go to my website. I also have social media, all the social mediums, Facebook, Instagram. And then that'll give you a flavor for what it looks like. And then there's contact information. You could get in touch with me by phone or email and find out where you are in your trail dream process. And I can help with every step of that. Excellent. Well, what about you? What kind of biking uh, do you enjoy? Oh, I've been a cyclist my entire life. Mm -hmm. So all kinds of biking. used to ride to fishing holes as a kid and ride my sister's step-through frame Huffy in the woods because it was lighter. And then I uh, sold my car in college because it was just a lot easier to ride bikes. And so have done many rag rides and have toured and camped and ridden all over North America. But this, the experience that really speaks to me is the off-road cycling experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it for 
because it's a profession of mine now and I like to explore different uh, types of trails and see you know where the good stuff is and what that experience is like and then learn from that so that I can bring it to other people but yeah mountain biking and off-road cycling um, of all kinds hard stuff easy stuff I mean I like the challenging stuff but uh, I try not to let that bias my development because not everybody's ready for that yeah doing the off-route stuff definitely ups the excitement level yes I mean, I love road biking, love it, love it. But when you get off on a trail and you don't know where you're going and then there's a log or there's, it, it just, the level of excitement goes up yes, a little bit. It's exciting. It's a very engaging experience. And people, there is a perception that it's dangerous and it can be, it is challenging and it could potentially be dangerous, but it's more of a perception when you're zipping through trees at seven miles an hour, you feel <laughs> like you're going really fast, but in fact, you're probably, your velocities aren't that and the surfaces are softer. So if you crash into a tree or fall into the dirt or some weeds, it doesn't feel good, but that's a lot softer than uh, asphalt or, right. a, or, a, or a car, right. <laughs> that kind of thing. And probably more slow motion. Exactly. Ish. Yeah, yeah. Well, the question we ask all of our uh, podcast interviewees, comes. favorite <laughs> pie. Um, do you want a story with that or do you want sure, me just to yeah, answer it? Sure, yeah, let's hear the story. So when I was a kid, um, my parents always bought Little Debbie things and as a child those were those little debbie snacks are were awesome as an adult i've learned more about them and they're not so awesome but they had these pecan pies and i just love those and then uh as i grew up and and did things like ride my bike in lanesboro minnesota pie was sure, a big deal yeah. up there and and there's a pecan pie um i did that one that sticks out there's a place in near lanesboro and oh pecan pie is just amazing so yeah pecan pie that is a popular one on this podcast. I hear it a lot. Yeah, oh, that's good. Must is be high energy and good for cyclists. Or must something. be, yeah. Better but than it's, goo. It's always pecan or pecan. Yeah, how do that's you really the say question. It? Yeah, I think I say pecan. I don't know. Now that I'm, I'm thinking Google about that it, after we're done here, figure out what's correct politically I, correct. I, yeah, I like to pronounce things correctly. Hopefully, <laughs> I didn't mess up too badly in this podcast. But we all know what kind of pie you're talking about. That's right. It's delicious. <laughs> well, Ken, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. And, uh, of course, check out Backyard Trails LLC on all the social media outlets. Uh, find out a little bit more about it. Well, listeners, also, if you know someone who should be on the Just Go Bike podcast, send us an email at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. And I leave you with an unwritten quote from the book of Murphology. This quote comes from Deniston's Corollary. If you do something right once someone will ask you to do it again. Think about it. Hello, this is Andrea and this is Parrot Talk. Uh, today I would like to talk to you about vendors during Ragbri. <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, what I'd really like to talk to you about is the pigtails ride. So, men of the Just Go Bike podcast, if you're not interested in hearing about the pigtails ride, go ahead and skip forward another five or so minutes and um, carry on. Women of Pig Just Go Bike podcast, I hope that you are coming with us on the pigtails ride. If you're not, I hope you can join us next year. Um, if you can come with us. Packet Pickup will be at Jethro's Barbecue and Lake House at Prairie Trail in Ankeny from 5 p.m. till 7 p.m. Now, I don't know if you think this is exciting or not. Probably not, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I will be there. 
AKA Murph will be there. Mark Wyatt will be there and TJ Jeskowitz is going to be there. So that's right. The entire lineup of the Jesko Bike Podcast will be on hand to hand out participant packets on Friday evening, which is going to be awesome. We don't always get to be together to do things. So it's going to be really fun for all of us. I hope you come by to say hi. If you can't come on Friday night, we will be handing out packets again on Saturday morning from 7.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Now, I can't guarantee you that I'm going to be there all the way until 10 a.m. because Jethro's is having an amazing brunch for Pigtails Riders, and I am not missing that. So that'll be Packet Pickup. Now that we've got that out of the way, I would like to address a rumor that there's going to be rain on Saturday. Now, I've actually done some research for once, and as of today, my weather app says we are down to a 60% chance of rain. Now, before you panic, that's down from a 90% chance yesterday. So if the trend continues, we will be down to almost 0% by Saturday. Uh, the hourly forecast now says there's a 50% of chance of rain for about an hour or two in the afternoon, and then most of the rain will be at night. So don't worry. Bring your raincoat. Keep an eye on the radar. I think, in my opinion, the only way that it's definitely going to rain is if we don't bring our rain gear. So everybody bring your rain gear, be prepared, and we should be fine. It's going to be a high of 78 that day, so it should be a warm rain if nothing else. I am i don't melt in the rain. I don't think you do either. It's going to be fun. Um, it's not going to stop any of the, f- the food or any of the entertainment or anything like that. I know the guys have kind of run down the food already, so I'm not going to do a complete listing of all the different foods. Um, if you want to see that, you can go to pigtailsride.com, and it's all there, including the food, the maps, um, other fun information, videos, links, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of your one-stop shop. So I will say or remind you that at Madrid in the Flat Tire, we'll be having Damon Dotson playing in the late morning slash early afternoon. I don't know the exact hours, but it's on the website. Um, and then... DJ Jenna Calvert will be hosting a dance party at the High Trestle Trail Bridge. So get ready. Um, And all sorts of other goodies. Now, we have a few new additions to the lineup that I wanted to mention. Teresa from Millstream is going to be giving out delicious beer samples at the Thirsty Pig in Sheldell. So get ready for that. I love all all the Millstream beers. It's going to be delicious. Um, And there's also going to be lunch at the Flat Tire by, I think it's pronounced Kuwait Smokehouse. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um, I'll find out on Saturday. But it's basically a Korean-style barbecue, and it's going to be so good. So then when you get back to Ankeny, we'll hand you a little piggy cookie, which I'm so excited for the pig-shaped cookie. I don't even want to talk about it because it's kind of embarrassing. But they'll also give you a $5 voucher that you can use at most of the restaurants at the Prairie Trail area. I think it's all the restaurants, but I want to say most because I'm not totally positive. But here are some of the restaurants that have specials for us on Saturday. So you could get a tiki drink or Parmesan or Cinnamon Bites at Fong's in Ankeny for your $5 voucher, a 16-ounce tap margarita and crunchy beef taco at Taco Hangover. Love that. A barbecue pork flatbread, blue cheese and bacon pizzettes, which I think is a tiny pizza, uh, or $5 select wines at Wine Styles The District. You could also get a $5 flatbed pizza, cotton candy martini, or a $5 glass of house wine at District 36. 
You can also get a classic Moscow Mule or homemade potato chips and dip at Whiskey River in Ankeny. And Whiskey River in Ankeny is also going to be kind of the location for our post-ride entertainment with Sister Sarah. And I say kind of because it's going to be outdoors in the patio. So it's kind of next door to Whiskey River. You'll see when you get there. And then you could also get two pints of craft beers at North New American Brewing Company for your $5 voucher. Now, you're only going to get one voucher, so unfortunately, you're going to have to choose where you spend it wisely. Or you could, you know, you could always restaurant hop and, you know, buy things with your own dime. But, you know, use that $5 voucher. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. And since there are so many restaurants that have specials for us, it's not going to be as crowded as you might suspect. And I think it's going to be so much fun. Um, so now that we have the f- most important part, the food over with, talked about, check. I would also like to mention that the ride, it's going to have a Ragbri-like vibe. So wear your fun costumes, bring your yourself prepared for a good time. That didn't quite make sense, but it's going to be fun. Uh, I know that AKA Murph and myself and our group are going to be kind of dressed up. Um, have a couple fun signs on our bikes, um, just kind of get goofy with it. So if that's your thing, you're into that kind of thing, wear something fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Um, come say hi to us while we're out on the bikes, out on the trail. Um, and I'm looking forward to updating you on how much fun we had at Pigtails next week. Uh, I'll also be back with an all-new Parrot Talk with a non-Pigtail subject. So, you know, something for everybody. So with that, I'd like to take inspiration from AKA Murph and leave you with a quote. The world is like a dropped pie most of the time. Don't kill yourself trying to put it back together. Just grab a fork and eat some of it off the floor. Then carry on. Elizabeth Gilbert. Right, we've come to the end of another exciting edition of the Jesco Bike Podcast. We're bringing you this podcast each and every week. Uh, Mark and I are usually on on the microphone each and every week. We've got some great guests each and every week, but without these sponsors, the podcast couldn't happen. So, who are those, Mark? Uh, think Iowa City. It's curious surrounding communities. Uh, cyclocross capital right over here. They're running Jingle Cross, uh, the World Cup of Cyclocross right here in Iowa City this fall. Um, yeah. Also, Bikes to You, uh, one of the best bike shops in Ragbright Charters out of Grinnell, Iowa. Uh, talked with uh, Craig Cooper or, or April Cooper. Um, they do some great work as far as, as, as your bike needs outdoor outfitting needs, or if you need to get your uh, bike across the state on Ragbri and uh, and your luggage too, um, Bikes to You is the place to go. Finally, Primal Wear. If you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, accessories, now is the time to get that order in and get it in quick. Otherwise, you can just go online and order from their lines of uh, apparel. They get some great stuff, some jerseys and shorts and things. So Primal Wear is a place to go out of Denver. I just got two spanking new pairs of bibs from primal and they oh my gosh 
you know, I'm a bib snob now, and I cannot <laughs> ride without riding Primal. And like, you know, after after you ride a few miles, you kind of wear them out over, you know, thousands of miles or whatever. So, but I had to get some new, you know, because you can't look ratty and all out there. So I had to get some new Primal bibs, and man. Put them on the other day, went for a ride. I was like, oh, man, those feel good. So, nice. um, yeah, look them up. There's some good people out there, and they're going to be cool. on RAGBRAI the entire week with us. So looking forward to seeing our buddies at, at Primal. And they support so many events across the country. It's not even funny. So yeah. good people at Primal. All right. So, um, you know, man, we've wrapped up another edition. This thing just just clicking along. We appreciate, you know, we've been hearing from a lot of people lately. People that said we're doing our training or, you know, during indoor training or outdoor training. We're listening to the podcast. Keep those comments coming. I know Paratalk's always looking at those to see about some good content. So without without good feedback, we can't keep this show going. So keep them coming. So, yeah. Got anything to close with, Mark? No, just uh, find our show notes at justgobike.net. Uh, look us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Just Go Bike. Uh, subscribe at whatever your favorite podcast purveyor, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're on all of those. Leave some comments. And let us know what you think. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll close with this. I, I appreciate the texts, the emails, the phone calls that I got this week saying hey keep up keep up the good stuff that that this ride was built on and um you know it, it was really good to hear from a lot of people from both sides and you know from people that just said hey you know what it, it's good to to talk about these things and get them out in the open and um so had some really good just just emails and texts that just said hey you know what um we want this ride to continue a long time thank you for wading into this controversy and trying to make it right for all players involved and um you know that's that's one of my jobs you know i uh, don't like controversy like this but you know sometimes it, it's a necessary evil that we kind of wade into these have these conversations so ju- i just want to thank uh heard from a lot of good people along the way and so thanks for the thanks for the comments and we're going to try to keep this thing going as long as we can and like i said I want to retire and be able to ride maybe with Mark or, or whoever, my wife, my, my kids. Um, and I want to be able to pull into Mr. Pork Shop who, you know, or whoever along the, the road or go to the, go to the, you know, the fire department beer stand, whatever. So, uh, we're going to keep this thing going as long as we can. And, uh, it's been a great run so far. Let's keep that thing going. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.